nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Good morning and welcome to San Antonio Soccer Roundtable and happy Father's Day to all the fathers and grandfathers and uh, soon-to-be fathers and future fathers out there. So uh, joining me this morning's Rafa Royce, uh, unfortunately, is off uh, this week here. Um, he had his, uh, uh, what's the teeth in the back? Wisdom teeth pulled out yesterday. Um, he said he wasn't going to yell at the game, but uh, I definitely heard him yelling at the game. So, uh, he is probably very sore this morning. Uh, Robert may be joining us. Uh, I know he's got the kids. So, uh, having kids, I understand he may or may not be here, <laughs> but Rafa's here. How are you, Rafa? Pretty good. How are you? Happy Father's Day. Thank you, sir. Uh, so thoughts on, we'll open up with thoughts on the week. Uh, it was a good, interesting week with a midweek game with the Liga MX team, and um, you know, interesting to see how you know, how that was going to turn out, and so forth, and then and then another game come with us the game last night, you know, playing Oakland Ridge, which we've never played against, so I was looking forward to see how that game was going to go. So I didn't have the Liga MX game on on uh, on the schedule here, but. Uh... Your thoughts on the Liga MX games? Um, I, I have one specific question, but I'm going to see if you address it first. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's great to play different, you know, you know, different new friendlies with different teams. And lately, we've been playing the Liga MX teams, which is great. You know, it's you know helping them prepare also for their season because it's they're going to start a lot earlier now. Um, my my question, and you probably was with this is. You know, I know it's a great experience for the academy players, mm -hmm. but you know, do you want to make? And I've and then, like I said, I read comments from others about the game. You know, they were expecting a competitive game. You know, with starters and so forth, but we knew that we could say we had a, a game that, last night, so that kind of threw a little monkey wrench on that. And some people were complaining they weren't they didn't get their money's worth. You know, when it came to the to the game, like SAFC fans or uh, the away SAFC fans. fans. Yeah, the San Luis fans were just happy to see them there. They were just right. happy to see them there, you know. And you know, they they bring they did bring some of their top players, uh, mm -hmm. like uh, some some West uh, used to play for Club America. Uh, I forgot the the other guy that scored. Um, it was from Venezuela. They just recently he just recently got put into the starting lineup. Um, so, you know, that, that, the mix of their, you know, their veteran players and their, and their, some, some, you know, some of their academy players, but, you know, they're preparing to play at Liga Max in a few weeks. And I think they were probably expecting a more competitive game instead of playing, um, players in, in high school and so forth, you know, 
But it, like I said, it's a good experience for the boys, for ours. But I think for fans of SAFC, I think they were expecting they want to see a competitive game, and that, and that, and I understand that you want to get your money's worth. See, I go back and forth on that. So mm-hmm. I understand that to a point. But if you looked at the schedule, you knew they yeah. played Saturday. They were playing Tuesday, and then they had another game on Saturday. So you're going to focus on the league games. I think I would have been more upset if they would have rolled out a starting lineup. Yeah. Um, you know, for that here. Now, they did roll out, I want to say it was, what, four, I believe, four, four uh, uh, starters. But they were subbed out in the 30th minute. Um, we we had questions on how SAFC was going to do it. I don't think anybody had playing their what U nineteen team. Um, you know you you know U twenty one. I don't think mm-hmm. they have a U twenty three team, but it, it was it was a bunch of kids out there. Um, you know, uh, you know, I feel bad for fifty two because you know the guy that he went to just it it had been like me playing against you know SAFC you know out, out on the island there and. and the poor kid didn't stand a chance and, and it wasn't because of his ability. It just was that speed factor, that, that different level and talent. No. So, um, Cause his position starting out was okay, but you, you, you got, you can't adjust for that speed. Yeah. They're, I mean, you're, they're playing against grown men, <laughs> grown men. They're, you know, they're playing one of the toughest leagues in the world. Cause Liga MX is a tough league. You know, regardless of what anybody said, they're a tough league. You know, it's a physical league. Um, and you wouldn't know get... that by how they fell down all game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> 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 uh, we'll see, we'll, we'll see. If anybody goes to that Santos uh, Tigres game, we'll see plenty of that. <laughs> uh, but, it's, but but it's a good experience for them, you know. And you know, but I think I think like you mentioned about you know we had all these games coming up. I, th- I think what they should have done. I know we had an open date on sixteenth. I think maybe that would probably be in a better. But like I said, scheduling conflicts because the GMX does start July third, so that was reason probably why they had to squeeze that game in there instead of playing on the sixteenth. And I do think because normally, and I asked you this at the game here. Normally we play this mid July, mm-hmm. but because of the World Cup is in the winter, you know, Liga MX moved up their schedule, and that's why that window is not, not available. So I know SAFC does typically try to play and this was how they, how they could do it. Um, and I, I thought it was, I thought it was a good atmosphere. Um, you know, it was a light, light crowd and, and the Oakland game was, a, was a light crowd as well. Uh, you know, I know SAFC said it was about 5,500, Mm-hmm. I don't think there was 5,500 there last night, but uh, uh, that, that, we'll, we'll get to that here. Um, final thoughts, or you know, before we, you know, on on the uh, on the Liga Liga MX matchup, and uh, you know, if you want to tease the upcoming, I forget which teams. I know it's two big teams uh, that are going to be playing what next week. I think yeah, Santos and Tigres uh, to. You know, those are your more noticeable clubs. You know, we said, you know, Atletico San Luis. Uh, it is a little a rivalry game too. You know, Anu is usually Monterey and, and and Tigres, but this is also a rivalry between Leon and 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 Coahuila because they're only maybe about two hours, like three hours apart. 
So, so you're going to see the, and you have a big fan base here in San Antonio for those two clubs. So it's going to be an, if you go, it's going to be an exciting matchup. Uh, I'm sure they're going to have their star players there. Cause like I said, they're preparing um, for the season and so forth. Um, and should be should be interesting, you know, a game and hopefully hopefully no monkey business like happens like last year with Queretaro and Pumas. So I mean it's gonna be intense. It's gonna say that's and I'm sure the fans are the opposite, you know, the rival fans are gonna are gonna bring it <laughs> that night. So moving to last night. Um I didn't think it was I didn't have major concerns about the game but in talking with robert and with talking with you both of you had kind of an uneasy feeling going in can you get you know i know you can't speak for robert but uh, i know you mentioned there were some concerns that you had heading into this match uh, you want to expand on that yeah you know we have a big game coming up friday which we'll and we'll get to later on um you know for the top spot uh, but Oakland Roots has been, you know, coming back, you know, I guess they're doing a little magic, like kind of like the Real Madrid magic, <laughs> getting late goals. I think they had the most goals. Yeah, they've got 12 goals. So like most 50, of their goals came after the 75th minute. They lead the league yeah. on that. So that was a concern, too, to maybe if we were up one nothing or 2-1 or 2 nothing, you know, they would do they would do that. So, you know, I'm sure that was in the back of Marcina's mind on, on that. Uh, so. And they, like I said, not say it was a trap game. Like I said, we, we've never played them, so it was, you know, this is new. This is a new team. We're not sure what, what to expect, and you know, we, you know, trying to stay pace with Colorado. You know, this was this is just as important before next week's matchup. So, so those are, the, I think, the, the biggest concerns going in. But I know we had an advantage as far as talent wise. You know, you know, I think we had enough to, to get us the win on Saturday. And I want to circle back to one more thing on the uh, Liga MX because it actually ties into this one here, sort of. Um, Matt Cardoni was scheduled to start um, during pre-match, was announced as the captain, was in the starting lineup pictures and all the media released. Um, however, during warm-ups, uh, he must have experienced some sort of tightness or something along those lines. Uh, so he did not get the start and Jude Bossart, um, good young goalkeeper, but young goalkeeper, uh, got the start and then moving into, uh, the starting lineup against the roots, uh, San Antonio rode out far Garcia, Camiri, Tanner, uh, Maloney and Didi Torre on the, on the, on the wings, uh, Lorera, PC and Abu and Dylan. And uh, Dinneran, uh, Sam Dinneran, the uh, loney from uh, Sounders, uh, got his start, you know, got his first start. Um, on the bench, you had the backup was Jude, uh, Shannon Gomez, Patino, uh, Nacho, Nicky Hernandez, and Beckford here. So pretty strong, um, pr pretty strong lineup, but lineup even on the bench. With the exception of the backup goalkeeper, um, and, and I hate asking this question because Matt's, you know, a, a legend. But does San Antonio have to go out and get, you know, let, let's say, re-sign Carlos Mercado, you know, to, to be the backup over Jude, or 
Do they need to bring in somebody that maybe is a little bit more stable than, than Matt? I guess, I don't know if stable is the right word, but, but uh, um, a little bit more reliable uh, than, than Matt. I guess it depends on how severe that, that he, whatever he injured, you know, is it is it just tightness he's been getting and not feeling comfortable, you know, that he, he's just set out this game. You know, is he gonna is he gonna be the backup for the for a game on Friday? Um, you know, if it's something more severe, then you, you go out sign you sign a backup, um, or you bring in Ricardo back, which I, I think Ricardo's I think he's reliable. I think because he's been under the system, he knows the players, um, and I've seen and like I said, we've seen video that he's pictures. Been, he's yeah, he's training somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So, he, you know, he'd be the obvious. <clears throat> excuse me, he'll be the obvious choice. You know, because I think he can have. I think even in that game against last year against the two Liga because he mm-hmm. he handled his own. So I, I think he's reliable. I think he'd be a good fit for you know for us. And but if they're gonna go through the experience route, you know they're gonna have to do their homework to see who they can bring 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 in. Kind of the same situation when they brought in Far for the playoffs. Right, but the only reason why I bring up Matt is. For Matt, the Liga MX game or, the, you know, whatever friendly it was, that's his time to get his minutes to be able to get his game action, to keep fresh. The fact that he wasn't able to step up and and play, and we know he had, had, the, had the major injury at the end of last year, that's what has me concerns for that here. Because Jude Bossart, like I said here, he did a great job, especially in the second half. But you and I both saw stuff that, you know, he would get punished for, you know, in USL on league play. You know, if, if it was maybe, hey, one game, a stopgap or coming in for a half, you know, probably it'd be okay. But to me, you know, he doesn't have that experience as of yet, uh, you know, uh, in my opinion. Like I said here, I, I – if he if he's if he's in between the pipes, I'm nervous. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> Where I mean, Carlos I mean, he, is back there, I'm yeah. more confident. Oh man, one thing is like I said, it, you know, it, sorry to have the defense that we have with Tainer and mm-hmm. you know, that's true. Premier, it, that that would make a difference. But like you mentioned, you know, we're, we 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 were there in the second half. They're they're in the bunker watching him. He made some great saves, but you can also tell. He's inexperienced too. There, he got caught a little few times off his line, or just the angles and so forth. But you know, even talking to Jordan, you know, it's make, he's making progression. And so he, right. you know, he was even made, he was kind of he was proud of him how he played in that second half. So yeah, and, uh, and I don't want to seem like I'm dismissing his performance at all. Oh, he's going to be a great one. He's going to be great. Yeah, it's it's just he's not at. He's not at a USL championship level yeah. at this point. And I know it's a backup position and, and hopefully we never have to use them. But you've been around the game long enough to know one injury, one bump, one one fall, one twist. Um, you know, we saw last night a, a goalkeeper that should have been subbed out 15 times, it seemed like, and you know, magically, you know, he's he still stood in and credit to him. Um, you know, you know, Paul made some great saves, you know, for, uh, you know, for Oakland, but his theatrics and, 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 you know, I'm not saying he wasn't hurt because you could tell he was, he was very uncomfortable. He was, 
he twisted his knee and had cramps or something, you know, something in it. So, you know, it wouldn't shock me if he's out a game or two and he stuck that one out. But um, it just it, it, that's one thing here that as a San Antonio FC uh, fan, it's, you know, it's one of those things. Do you talk about Matt? And if you do, you know, if, if you're not talking about him in, in a good light, that upsets the fan base. So. But, but uh, they are, I mean, you have to be a, a realist about right. things, you know, and you, when it comes to goalkeeping, you have to have a well, – oh, look, look, at, look at New Zealand, for example. I mean, not New Zealand, uh, Australia. Australia. You know, they switch goalkeepers and <laughs> right before the penalty kicks, and the ends of hands up. Paid off. It paid off. So it pays off to have two quality keepers in your bench. And right now, you know, that's what we have. But with Matt's injury, now we're, you know, we have one that's inexperienced, but that's going to be good in the future, you know. So it, it makes sense that they have to bring in somebody. To me, the obvious choice would be Mercado because he knows the system and he can play that. He, he can play it. You know, he's got, you know, he's comfortable around the he's team. He's comfortable there. He's been at that USL level. Or if there's someone else that's out out and available, because no, I don't think you can get someone out of the loan because if you have you get them on loan, you have to play them. Yeah, you know, you're just not gonna have them sit there on the bench. You know, you know that's the same reason why we brought in Far last year. We weren't just gonna sit him on the bench. He had to play. Right. So I think the obvious choice will be Mercado. I think you bring him in. You know, that'll be he'll be your number two, and he's a good. You know, he's a quality number two, and. And he knows this, like I mentioned, knows the system. Knows can the still players. keep learning as the number yeah. three and along those lines here. Yeah. So, so. get getting into the game here. Uh, we'll look at the highlights here. Uh, not a lot of highlights compared to uh, last couple of games here. So under, if it's under three minutes, you know it's kind of a, a dull game here, is, is my understanding. So kickoff. And a quick reset. Loera will get to the service from Garcia into the box. Loera! Nice save. save. As Blanchett gets a right hand on it to knock it away. However, that's the play he got hurt in his neither. <laughs> no, he got hurt on our side. Yeah. Venezuelan. Hands to Charlie Dennis. Back to Azakar. Dangerous into the box. Across Nani! You got to give him to him. It was a good play. But. There's going to be some video here that I need to freeze it here, and you can explain to me what happened or what didn't happen. Well, here on the play here, you know, it's a quick – it's a play. Peter's going to play the ball back. I think our defense should have recognized we should have pulled out because to get this guy outside and and they were about to stop the play. But, you know, PC is trying to rush back to cut off his angle. Well, it was the two-on-one that, uh, you know, that the, the names are called out here. Now, you see right there how we're all in that little bubble. They're reacting to – there's no reason to have two, three guys react to there's six to guys ball. behind behind the six-yard line here. And then you can see Kamir already t turning his head. and like, oh, shoot, he's open. It makes it really difficult for Connor to play off the line. This is the but, one where – this is the one here where I look – to me, if you look at Kamiri, mm -hmm. he's he, you know, he's he, ball watching. He doesn't move. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I love Kamiri, but on this play here, it just it's. Donnie's first goal as a member of Oakland Roots, 
He does the whole look around because you can tell you go right, middle, left. And and then all, and obviously that play there, you know, once he plays close to the line, you know he's gonna have to play it back to kind of the top of the key mm-hmm. because it's a tough angle. Because even if he tries to cross it from there, Jordan snatches that. But that the, the player should have recognized, okay, they're gonna play it right back to the middle. And like I said, we have four guys right – actually, four guys right there. And, yeah, you've you got know, four guys right in this little bunch right here. Yeah. You know, like I said, the last two are covering the backside, but we have two in the middle right there that should have – I think Didi, Didi, Didi or, you know, Didi Kamir should have, you know, gone into that space and covered, cut, cut them off, but – I mean, great play by Oakland there, you know. It was a great setup, but yeah. this is becoming a trend, though, uh, the set-piece goals, though, right? Because this is yeah. the third game that they've allowed one. Yeah. And then San Antonio equals here. Oh, no, they didn't equal. Yeah. Oh, that was a great save. That might be the save of the week. For New Mexico United. Traore, but Chad, another good save there. Out with his left hand this time to drive away the shot. Yeah, Blanchett had a good Traore. game minus uh, all, the, all the injuries. Across the head to PC, the turn from Adinaran. I mean, over the goal. Adinaran, able to spin and put it past Blanchett. Just before halftime, San Antonio FC has leveled in one. Right corner. What's funny at the game, I didn't think Larrera had a great game, but yet when you look at the highlights, he's all over the highlights. Yeah. And that's and that's a key with him. Now, have you watched that play? Where should he have shot that ball? Oh, hold on. on that on that play right there. On that little brick, even though he did he did kind of little have that little push. <laughs> but if you watch watch the goals, he say, "Where's well, the most?" We've been saying he sh- uh, during the game. We said he should have took yeah. a couple more steps. But you see, Alejandro uh, Funemeyer, uh, number thirty here. I think if he does do another touch, he comes into play. He could have he, he could have caught across from come him. over here right to, yeah. to the uh, you know to our side of the goal to the to the right side and of the goal yeah and that's where he needed to shoot that ball because he had all that space and if he shoots it there into the left 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 post it's it's in I think he was trying to get cheeky there to get him near post but you know he's he's got to hit that shot on far far opposite where where you see where the goalie goalie's a sitting duck. When you're running, when when I tell I used to tell my keepers, when you run back, you know you're you're opening in a gap. You're opening a gap of space. When he if he decided to come up, he would have closed that space. But right there, he should have recognized them where he was at that he needed to go the opposite way. But I'll give Paul credit. Yeah. Is and we saw this with you know in, in the friendly. Jude came out and he got chipped. Um, yeah. so Paul made the decision to stay back and he knew he had help coming out on, on, on the left side here. So I'll, I'll give, give him credit, but you know, Patino 
with his experience, with his background, he has to finish that. Yeah. But I'll give credit to Paul because a lot of keepers will come out and then get caught kind of halfway where he knows he can't. He either comes out and commits a red card foul or, you know, he gets chipped. I think well, Paul. That, yeah. Well, in that play, you see him, he runs back. Correct. And, norm, and normally, as a goalkeeping coach, you when you're, you see a breakaway like that, wherever he's at, you stay there. And you don't. Because you're basically when you run back, you're allowing an open, more space in the in the goal. If he stays where he's at, you know, even if he tries to chip him, he's still close. The, he's closing angles from there because he's, he's closer to the shot. But there, Patino, he should have recognized where he was at, and he should have shot that ball to the left side, and that would have gone in. What about higher? If it, if it was if it was he could have done that as too. opposed to a lower. He could have done too, especially with the his the injury uh, he had. I don't know if he would have been able to jump and save that one. But the obvious the obvious shot should have been on the left post, right and, right. and that would have gone in. And if he shoots that one high too, that goes in. There's no way he's going to stretch out and get that one. But you got to give him, you got to give him credit. It just yeah. it's they as much as we. Uh, and another great save. Uh, Tanner almost got his another one. And then as you saw, he was already going down. And that guy there is not well liked in San Antonio. <laughs> and I, so, the U.S. USL, <laughs> referees or association or whatever watching this is a you need to have a little talk with them because he he just had probably that's probably the most horrible one of the horrible most horrible officiating games I've seen this year. So since we've had had Danielle, um, we've backed off quite a bit on complaining about the referees because she helped show us and educate us quite a bit, you know just on how difficult it is. However, the, you know, this gentleman here, um, this was his fourth, uh, USL match of the season. Um, he had averaged five yellow cards and I think he pretty much hit that here mm -hmm. to me. The, to me, the issue was in, in the lack of consistency and the lack of, of control. Um, you just didn't know what he was going to call or you didn't know, like, you know, and this goes both ways. You know, we, we would, we would get away with the foul. Oakland would do the same exact foul, get called, we, you know, vice versa. And just stuff that should have been called, wasn't called. And I think that was the biggest thing there. I will give them credit. Um, they did give, the allotted extra time, what I think it was almost 12 minutes of mm -hmm. extra time with all the, you know, injuries and such, which I know, uh, you know, one of the guys that I follow from Oakland on there thought it should have been maybe six, seven minutes. Um, I thought 10 was fair with all the, the game and, you know, you know, all, all the injuries, uh, especially with Blanchard. Um, just kind of your thoughts you know, w without going into, you know, him specifically and attacking him, just for a referee, 
is is it just an off night or is it you know possibly inexperience you know because obviously this is just his, his fourth match at this level and let's be honest san antonio fc and oakland um probably play i don't want to say chippy but they're a little bit more aggressive they sit back they're more more physical i guess you could say mm-hmm. um along those lines <sighs> Is that something just his inexperience or just I'm just trying to I'm trying to find a way that maybe we can explain why he called the game he did if if it is explainable. Yeah. Well, remember in the beginning he was kind of allowing a little bit of it and then then he tried to he kind of stepped in and he wanted to take control. I mean he he, he could he could have done other things as far as just just more consistency. You know, as far as some of the from the calling, like there are some plays that you know obviously you should have allowed, like I like, said, so, you know, give the advantage and so forth. Uh, the one we thought that was a PK, you know, when you know, you know, and that was an obvious PK because he did grab grab our player in the box, you know, to keep him from shooting the ball, and that ends up becoming a goal kick. And we're like, what what's going on here? I think even even the linesmen to the as far as the team they were very inconsistent, and maybe that you know that has to do with maybe the lack of experience, maybe even working together, and and it showed last night. And you know you know you don't want to blame refs on on games and this and that, but this one was very not like I said it wasn't consistent. They weren't consistent. They weren't really focused on on just kind of you know managing the game. You know allowing you know just be there when there are obvious fouls and so forth but but that happens you know in, in, in soccer so you know we, we just the one thing i like always always tell my teams is don't let the refs you know win or lose the game for you just go out there and outscore them because at the end of the at the end of the game you're outscoring the other team the referees are not going to influence the game So we drew um, 1-1, which I think was a fair result. I do think San Antonio was the better team. Uh, but, you know, Oakland Oakland converted their chance and San Antonio didn't. So it, it comes down to that. Uh, switchbacks did get the uh, 3-1, or pardon me, a 4-3 win over Indy 11. Uh, so they are in first place at 33 points. Uh, San Antonio still comfortably um, in second uh, with 31. Uh, third and fourth is New Mexico and El Paso with and San Diego at 25 points. Although San Diego plays uh, today, Sacramento at six. They had a 2-0 win. Um, RGV got a 1-0 win over uh, Pittsburgh, uh, so they're actually in the seventh slot. Um, then comes Phoenix Rising. <laughs> Which I called. <laughs> they, they lost to Loudoun United. Uh, Phoenix is Phoenix has more losses than wins. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. They're at 21 points, 15 matches, negative uh, seven goal difference. Although part of that has to do with the uh, uh, Mexico Mexico match, but uh, New Mexico money can't buy anything. Oh, I don't even think it's money. You just following the 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 rise you know rising fans on on twitter it almost seems like uh coach chance has lost the locker room 
Um, just the players aren't playing. Um, when Devin Kerr, you know, when he puts out a tweet, uh, let me see if I can pull it up here. So that way I can quote him right here. It seems like the team's not gelling. You know, even though they got the two wins on us, you know, but the, that second one, they were just lucky because we just couldn't put anything in. But I, I don't know if it's all if the egos in that locker room that's causing this. That's just a surprise, you know, for them to lose to Loudoun United. So Devin Kerr is one of the uh, lead announcers for USL. Never seen anything like what just went down between Loudon and Phoenix. The effortless mistakes were far too apparent. Some serious soul searching out in the desert needs to be done and fast. Too much quality in the West. Table's going to run away from them. That is a big statement from Devin's. He calls their games, um, most games. So he, he does call their, their games there. Um and for him to for him to go and and state that says a lot to me. Um, and, and you know, I know fans are fans, um, but Phoenix Phoenix is in trouble if they don't turn this around. Um, this, they've got eight losses, which is the most that they had all of last year. Uh, finishing down the table, uh, Galaxy at twenty one points. Oakland Roots, who he tied, um, 18 games played, so they're already into their second half now. Um, 21 points in 10th. Uh, Vegas at 19. The defending champs, uh, 14 points in 12th place. And Monterey Bay, uh, unfortunately, expansion teams at, you know, at the bottom of the table at 12 points here. So for the West. Out East, Louisville uh, regains the top spot, although Memphis plays today, can regain it. They play Tulsa, who uh, replaced their coach this week. Uh, Tampa Bay had an uh, uh, interesting week in as well, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. uh, they tied Charleston. Uh, Detroit City and El Paso on ESPN um, had a pretty good 1-1 draw. Um, I, I will kind of call out Devin and Mike Watts. Um Detroit City has a good atmosphere, but it's you know there's a lot of great atmospheres uh, in USL along those lines here. So let's let's not try to say you know Detroit City invented uh, the atmosphere here, um, like it seems like. I'm just taking a pot shot there. Uh, Riverhounds uh, seem to be kind of doing what Phoenix is in, in the uh, in the East, although uh, not quite as bad. And they get Tampa this week. They're on a five game winless. Birmingham uh, plays New Mexico uh, next week here. Um, I might see if I can actually go to that if we're coming back home. That's probably be a good game. Hopefully Birmingham, yeah. Birmingham can Bir get a win. Birmingham at New Mexico. Um, Indy gets San Diego in seventh at uh, 21 points. Uh, Miami, Tulsa, Loudon, Hartford, Atlanta United, Charleston's come to live with four points out of the last two to get up to nine points. And the baby bulls at six points, and they get El Paso uh, next here uh, for that here. So it's it's uh it's shaping up. Play, you know, we're getting where it's halfway part of the season here. So um, it's no longer early. Uh, it's yeah. it's the it's dead of the summer, and um, I know for San Antonio, they get probably the uh, USL match of the week uh, next week. Um, they play Friday, and then I'll have a quick turnaround and play Tulsa on Tuesday at home. But uh, Friday night in Colorado, I'll be there. 
Um, I know the checks will be there as well here. So um, Cam Lindley and uh, that offense uh, defense has been better um, playing at altitude. Although San Antonio did get their uh, did win there last year. So uh, your thoughts on on the uh, upcoming match? I mean, it, it's all for not saying all for the marbles, but it's like I said for the standings and for the head to head. It's as important for San Antonio to to at least come out with some points, whether a tie, a yeah, yeah, or a win. It's it's going to be important, and and I think one of the things they should do is kind of watch that game, the Monterey Bay game versus Colorado. Monterey Bay really kind of exposed the Colorado defense, and they, you know. Prior to that, you know, Colorado was doing great, you know, and so forth. But that game right there really kind of showed that the defense is very vulnerable, especially when it comes to the press. Mm-hmm. And hopefully Mar- Marcino ha- will have a plan because it, that game they looked very confused and Monterey Bay just kind of just handed it to them. And, you know, just simple little touches and so forth. They never get able to get space. Another thing that surprised me that Haji Berry was just non-existent in that game. They shut his – his butt down you his know role has changed this year yeah he's playing the ball he's playing more deep to receive the ball which for he's being for more of a facilitator yeah and and all, if we can put someone on him that kind of just keeps that ball away from him and trying to challenge others to you know hey someone else is gonna have to beat us but i think not having him up top i think it's a good thing because you know if he's coming down he's, he's not gonna have that space to go up and you know and receive the ball plus he doesn't have Beckford anymore <laughs> that's another feeding in the yeah, ball yeah but he's got Elvis Amo yeah. um for that here head to head uh switchbacks three wins four draws SAFC uh six wins um I'm just trying to see here so we beat them three to two and, and that was Patino's uh infamous uh game right yeah, when he got um, well, actually no, there was that uh, we tied them one one, and then we beat them three two uh, last year, and then came home and beat them three uh, zero for that here, and you know so well twenty one twenty one yeah we well, actually we played them four times last year, beat them three zero here each time. That was uh, a home and, opener. And, yeah, as as the home opener, um, went there, got four out of the six points uh, for that here, but. As outside of that first home match, San Antonio put up three on them each time. Um, and I think the one draw was the, uh, yeah, Patino, uh, Michael Edwards, uh, you know, fisticuffs uh, right at, uh, uh, right before the half there. But uh, and, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm looking forward to going to Widener Field, uh, you know, through here and, and uh, you know, hanging out with uh you know the supporters group uh the trailheads uh pre-match um but uh i think it will friday night viewing will, will be must mm-hmm. so any final thoughts on on that before we let you go uh, just hoping that we get like i said we, we just need to come out with some points that's that's the most important thing because like i said we still have that makeup game with them which will be in September. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we'll have, like I said, Colorado's had trouble trying to play us, you know, beat us at home. And so we've kind of owned them. 
So if we can come out with a come out with a win, even better, you know. And I, I think we can do it. It's just, and then maybe that's why we didn't play so well last last night because I think they were looking forward for this game, you know. And that happens. I don't think. So. I, I I think they were. I mean, we we just weren't on it last night. And I think we should have handled Oakland. I think we just couldn't get it. It was kind of the same thing like we did with with Monterey Bay. It took us a while to kind of get the the mortar going, but. Like I said, you're going to have well, to we've hit. we've had opportunities. That, yeah. And, and I, I, you know, I know we give Paul crap for, you know, for the injuries, but he had hell. He, he, had, mm-hmm. he should win save of the week. And in my opinion, should, should earn a spot on the USL team of the week with, with his saves. And I haven't watched the other games yet this, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, before that here, but yeah, Paul Blanchard had, had a hell, you know, hell of a game here. Um, turning on to CONCACAF, um, in, 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 uh, what I labeled this show father's day gift tie. Now, that seems to be a common theme here. Uh, United States, a one, one, uh, draw in a mud pit in El Salvador. <laughs> um, and, uh, Jamaica and Mexico finished, uh, I want to say one, one as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, through there. For the United States, it was it was an ugly match. There were red cards on each side. You know, you could question. I don't think Ariela's was really a red card, but you know, it's you know the ref called it. The ref called it. Um, El Salvador got a red later. Um, U.S. equalized. Uh, you know, late. Um, kind of was in control and and almost got you know got the winner, but uh, uh, coming back with a home or pardon me a road tie not bad um you know you'd like to think the united states would be able to go down to el salvador and and get the win but with the field conditions and and you know it's playing in concacaf's tough I, you know i don't care what anybody says you go down to central america or go you know go to go to the caribbeans you know it's 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 a tough place to play um the teams may not be as high quality you know, but they put on a great atmosphere, and and you know, as we saw by this pitch here, it you know it it, it neutralized any speed. Um, yeah. No, there was no speed advantage. You and I would probably could have could have performed just as well as they did, um, speed wise uh, along there. Obviously, the technical skills are different. I don't think I don't think any World Cup games would be hosted in one of those <laughs> fields, those fields in Central America. It's kind of like with the Trinidad game with the U.S. That feels just horrendous as well. I think even the Jamaican field was a little bad. Was bad too. So just, just they just haven't been. I, I'm wondering what FIFA FIFA would you know really kind of kind of hammer down on these clubs and say, hey, you know, you guys need to kind of keep up your with your stadiums. But you know, if it has to do with money, well, FIFA should has plenty of money to donate and help out these 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 teams and give them quality fields. They don't donate, you know that. Oh yeah, that's true because. <laughs> Look at Sip Blatter. <laughs> He's about to go to prison. So, and then Jamaica, Mexico. Uh, I didn't watch the game. Um, obviously, most likely you did, but it looks like Jamaica got out to the early 1-0 lead, and then uh, Mexico equalized uh, right at the half, and I'm, I'm assuming second half was played fairly even. Looking at the possession and shots here, it looks like Mexico, as you would think, had you know the far better opportunities, far better shots, more possession. 
is is it just that you know i think blake is the goalkeeper for you know for jamaica if memory serves me correct and and he's yeah blake's a you know the goalkeeper and he's he's a top goalkeeper mm-hmm. you know did he kind of keep him in it or just yeah kind of not being able to finish once again yeah i saw the highlights because we're at it's over tuesday's game uh, you know just the first goal should have never happened there's just lack of focus and Finally, they kind of got it going, and I know I know they're playing with a kind of a younger and experienced team for these games, which they need to because they need to start building already for the future. Um, but still, tactical wise, something's not clicking, and even 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 the fan the, Mexico, the fans from Mexico were still were, are not satisfied, and I think they were even uh, doing the fuera. Tata chant, even even in Jamaica, were the ones that went, and they're gonna have to make a decision if they're gonna move forward, to if they're gonna make the change or not. Because honestly, with right now, they were playing, they're not gonna advance past the group stage. That's that's just the obvious. If they can bring someone else in with some discipline and kind of get it, kind of let that spark, then maybe then maybe what can be competitive and maybe sneak in. Because the big thing is. Is beating uh, Poland and and, uh, and Saudi Arabia. If we can get those two wins, we'll advance. But you know they're gonna have to make that decision. There are some some coaches out there that could probably get it going for them, and we'll see. We'll see what type what happens. And it's gonna come down to some of the games. I think in September, you know. But that'll be a little too late. I think if they're gonna make a change. They gotta do. They have to do it now. I will say this. Um. Our weekend was much better than England's. <laughs> England, England, <laughs> England in their group. So this is the group that they're in. You'd think the standings would be reversed, uh, you know, for here. So Hungary's in first place in, you know, League A group uh, three um, at seven points with, I think, two wins against uh, England. Um, Germany, second, six points. Italy, uh, third at five points. And then England at two points here. So England's about ready to get relegated down to uh, uh, the B, the the B B League (laughs) with with France. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, France down. Yeah, France is down there. Yeah, they've got two points as well. Denmark, Croatia, Austria um, through there. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how that fills out. Uh, I'm just trying to see if anybody else released. Sticks out. Russia's already been uh, through there. Let's group B. Um, Switzerland. Look at, look at yeah. about Modric at 36. <laughs> Still kicking. <laughs> he, he's like a wizard. Yeah, so Wales is in a tough group. Netherlands, yeah. Belgium, Poland, and, and Wales. And, and Wales is uh, uh, unfortunately paying for it. So, so any final thoughts here? Uh like I said here, I know, uh, I don't think anything uh, CONCACAF-wise is happening. I know, know there's rumors of a couple more friendlies mm-hmm. later on. Uh, I know MLS, probably the big news here stateside was MLS and Apple's uh, news here. I did, attempted to do a little bit of writing and, and shared my thoughts on, on our website here. Uh, if you want if you want to check it out uh, for here, apologize. Is that going to... Does that gonna affect anything like on ESPN Plus with the games? For MLS, yes, they will be off. They will be off. Uh, so, rumor is is that they're probably gonna have twenty to twenty five matches on ESPN or ESPN two. 
but the ESPN Plus matches, you know, where you can watch anybody outside of mm-hmm. Austin FC here, that'll be going on to Apple. It's going to be their own app, um, and they haven't announced the price uh, of it here. There's talks that, to me, I think they have to keep it low, mm-hmm. you know, like ten less than $10. If they go anything above ten dollars, and I've heard rumors of them trying to do like twenty dollars a month, people won't pay that. Oh. It just it's a stand it's standalone. You get you get so you get the league. This is I think why they were gonna try to try to charge people. You get the MLS games, but you get what the leagues cup between between Mexico uh, Liga MX and MLS, which is I think what they're really counting on, because um, this covers international as well. You get some, so not even all, but you get some of the MLS Next Pro and some of the MLS Next, which is the Academy Cups, uh, you know, Academy, uh, you know, uh, games, for, you know, for MLS, uh, which does have SAFC, uh, SAFC in it as well. So um, to kind of tie that, tie that into it, 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 you know, there is the opportunity possibly to see SAFC versus, you know, uh, other, other MLS, uh, especially here in Texas, other MLS Academy teams. So there is that possibility, but it's all going to come down to the price. Um, it's got to come out next year. Um, and as we've seen with USL, doing the, doing the uh, production side, because that's going to be something that MLS is going to have to do, is they're going to have to create their own production of it instead of having ESPN and Fox do it like they do now. Um, they did get approximately, or it's rumored to be $2.5 2. over 10 years, so about $250 uh, million a year. However, you got to figure uh, the production costs probably would run between, uh, rumored between 60 to $75 million. For right here, obviously, initial startup uh, for the first couple of years is probably going to be higher. Um, it's... It's one of those things that if you if you follow U.S. soccer, if you follow MLS, it's going to be better because number one, you're not going to have to have ESPN, Fox, uh, you know, it, Univision. I think is on right. The yeah. Univision. Well, I'm um, sure they're going to keep the Univision because they have to have a Spanish. No. Oh no, really? At this time, I don't think so because on the Apple thing, it's going to have English and Spanish. Oh, that's interesting. And, and even uh, if you're up in Canada for like Montreal, it'll have some games in French, and they are going to be expanding the the languages, you know, in in the future. So I haven't heard that they're going to offer it, and I think this this is if you listen to MLS fanboys, they're like, "Hey, this is great." To me, it's 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 a mixed bag. There's a lot of things to like about the deal. You know, like, you know, no blackouts, you know, whip around show, set windows for games. So Wednesdays and Saturdays, you know, outside of, you know, maybe a national televised game, you know, through there. But you're going to have set windows of time frame. So Saturday night, you're going to know, hey, there's going to be an MLS game. East Coast probably starts, you know, six, seven. They'll be scattered through and end up on the West Coast. Wednesday nights, you're going to have that. So you don't have to worry about, hey, what – because right now you don't know what time the games are. Is it at you know twelve? Or is it two, three, four, you know, or whenever? They're going to have consistent time frames. So there's a lot to like about it. The problem for MLS, and I don't care how Don Garber and the fanboys try to spin it. There's a reason why ESPN's backed off. There's a reason why MLS is back. Or pardon me, uh, Fox is, has backed off. 
it's not drawing ratings and it's not it's not because ESPN or Fox doesn't advertise it. It's not because they don't promote it. You know, Alexi Lalas is the biggest cheerleader for MLS to where I can't stand him. Um, <laughs> you know, on him, it just, it's, it's, you know, and, and uh, Tellerman's, you know, not that far off of it. It's just, you know, for, for that now, the, what will be the interesting thing here to turn it to kind of USL, does ESPN tune in to, to fill that gap with more USL matches? And it's not so much the early in the season, and it's not so much later in the season. It's this, you know, end of June or you know June, July, August time frame, where college sports are winding down. Football hasn't started yet. You got baseball, but ESPN doesn't have that much baseball rights. Basketball is wrapping up. Hockey's racking, uh, uh, wrapping up. So you've got this dead period here, where for USL, you know. Is it is it something that maybe where ESPN would like to have them fill it? Um, you know, I know we saw you know yesterday El Paso and Detroit on there at eleven o'clock kickoff, um, and I think in two weeks or maybe next week uh, Louisville at at Hartford's an ESPN game, and Hartford's close to ESPN's campus, so I think that's why they were selected. But it's it, it'll 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 be interesting to see what USL does for this here if they can capitalize on it um i'm, I'm you know. sure you'll have usl like game of the weeks on those days but here's another here's another possibility maybe espn you know start showing liga mx games in english that's a possibility and especially with some of the big games but does not a university own those rights or there's a, uh for certain teams you know certain teams have certain contracts but that's where the with kind of with the Spanish language. I, I think I forgot who. Um, I think Chivas and I forget, maybe Cruzes who has has an English contract with Fox. But with the others, you know, if I'm 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 ESPN, I'll make a deal with Club America. You know, since they have a big fan base, you know, that watches on Univision. If you're doing in English, that's a great way to to it's kind of fill the slot. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, to me, if you want to listen to it, I know, uh, was it Paul Tenorio and, and, and Sam on Allocation Order on the Total Soccer uh, Podcast Network, they'd had a great show. Um, I listen to World Soccer Talk. They do, they talk all sorts of, of soccer media um, and give pretty fair um, views. You know, I know MLS hates it because it seems like they're critical of them, um, but, you know, they, they, you know, they've ripped, you know, the, they're, they're a great resource when it comes to the media uh, guidelines on here, but Rafa, I'm uh, thinking about heading to Colorado. So I need to get off uh, in an hour, uh, which we're getting close to. I want to kind of keep it under that. Any final thoughts that you have, uh, you know, for the week here? Just uh, like I said, happy Father's Day to everyone out there. Um, have a safe weekend and Harry, have a safe trip to Colorado. Enjoy, enjoy some good soccer up there, some good food, and if you do go to New Mexico for that that one game, have, if have we do, yeah, because coming back, um, so the game's Friday night, Saturday night. We could stop in Albuquerque if we decided to come home and catch Birmingham, uh, New Mexico, or if we go down to El Paso, which I have a feeling probably we would, because then it's just an eight-hour drive the next day. 
we could catch uh, El Paso and the Red Bulls too. So not exactly a great game, but <laughs> I'll, I'll probably do Albuquerque instead. <laughs> Get some chili tacos. Yeah, through here. Hey, and, man, and also give them some luck because since you've gone there, like I said, SAFC won their first game there at New Mexico. Hopefully, maybe you can give some luck for Birmingham. <laughs> Get them a win for them. Well, I don't know if I like Kaler enough to, to be able to give uh, give his club some luck. But, uh, uh, well, well it, it would be interesting to be able to see uh, Somos Moss and, and, and the guys then uh, for that here. If we went to El Paso, uh, I'd try to see if I could reach out to, you know, Mr. Dan Vala, protect, protagonist soccer here to uh, see here. But uh, speaking of El Paso, we're uh, a month away from heading out there. Yeah. Rafa, was was fun here. Uh, sorry I got a bail, but if I'm going to get sure. this uploaded and get us uh, get out here and, and uh, get packed and finalize the trip to Colorado for leaving today or tomorrow, uh, definitely need to, to cut this a little bit short here. Um, happy Father's Day to everybody. Uh, like I said here, Royce. Um, uh, I know he's, I know, uh, um, I know Phil Baki uh, of Seriously Loco. I know he's an El Paso fan, but uh, he had a daughter a week, a week or so ago. Um, unfortunately, she's still in the NICU, uh, last I heard here. So, Phil, like I said here, uh, congratulations. And, and like I said here, my kid spent 28 days in the NICU and, and, uh, uh, they came out great and strong, and, and I know it's you know it's uh, know it's not easy for you, but uh, like I said here, if you need anything, please uh, please give a shot and congratulations. And to the trailheads and Annie, uh, I'll be seeing you this week. Uh, peace out, and what's life without goals? <laughs> <laughs>